I remember getting my first course piece. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so clean. Is this actually a production toy? Teresa, when was the last time you had a toygasm? I don't know, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, toy family! This is the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. With an airplane flying overhead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and here we are, back weekly. I know we said that we were going to go every other week, but what we learned by doing that is it kind of killed the vibe a little bit because. We learned that something pops out that week. We couldn't really talk about it. It wasn't like pertinent information by the time we talked about it two weeks later. So in order to stay on top of things a little more and just to keep us a little more regular on schedule, we're going to go back to being weekly. But what we're going to do is um, every other week we'll be like a guest where we do like maybe the hour and a half long format. And then between those weeks we'll do mini episodes where we'll shoot for half an hour to an hour, but no longer than an hour. And what we're going to try to do is we're going to do time topics where we're going to get about three to five minutes each per topic. And then once the timer goes off, we'll have to move on. So that, that should keep things moving along pretty fast. And we should be able to cover a lot of ground that way. Yeah. No, I think this is a good idea because I know we've talked about, we try to bring a lot of guests on, but it's hard for us to stay current and talk about happenings in the scene because we end up focusing on the guests, which makes sense. So I think something like this is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, we don't really get to give our opinions much when there's guests either. No, we don't. Exactly. So let's try this format out. Uh, listeners, let us know if you like it, what you don't like about it. Um, for now, let's just set the timer to three minutes per topic, and then if that's not working out, that's too fast, we can stretch it out to five. But for now, let's set it to three. I'm going to set my phone for three minutes. <laughs> I wish I had George's little buzzer. Ba, 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 ba. I have it here. I could press it when you tell me. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> um, okay, so I've set my phone timer for three minutes, so... I will ask the question first, and then after I'm done asking the question, I will set the timer, and that should give us each, what, a minute to talk. So wait, do we do we need to, like, speak in a certain order to be efficient? Nah, no, I'll just ask the question, and whichever one of you feels like answering first, have at it. We might have to take a couple extra seconds here and there to look stuff up, because I don't know what anything is ever, so <laughs> you'll probably have to... That's true. I'll, I'll, I'll eat some of my time looking things up, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just cut all that out, and we'll just kind of figure out the timing as we go. So, I, it's not going to flow well, but let's just give it a shot. But before we get going, let's take a brief moment to mention our sponsor of this mini-episode, and that is My Plastic Heart. MPH is a snug but mighty store located in New York City, carrying every designer and pop culture plaything and collectible you could possibly want. And if you're stateside, you can go to MyPlasticHeart.com and use our promo code TOYFAM at checkout, and you will receive free shipping on any orders over $75. So after this episode, head on over to MyPlasticHeart.com and treat yourself to a little something. You've been good. You deserve it. Okay, so let's start our first topic. I think everyone is pretty familiar with Super Plastic and their very successful Kickstarter campaign they ran a few months ago. If you backed it, you've been receiving the updates and all that sort of stuff. And a few weeks ago, we all received the announcement they're going to be canceling two of the designs seen in their janky minifigure series. Those designs were by Dolly Oblong and Jason Lamone. And Super Plastic did mention that they have been working on their designs, but they've proven to be very challenging. QC is not meeting their expectations, so rather than potentially 
having to push back the target release date of the series, which is end of the year. What they're going to do is they're going to cancel them, hopefully get them into a future series. But for now, those two designs are going to be replaced, and they have not shown us what the replacement designs are going to be, nor do we know who the designs are by. George and Teresa, what's your thoughts? I, I'll start on that. There was, I didn't, when I saw that Jason Lamone, <clears throat> there was no way that thing was going to make it. From the very first time I saw the picture, you just know that there's no way that that design is going to get pulled off the way it was shown. Yeah. It's too complex. There's too much going on for a tiny minifigure. It's just not possible. So it does not shock me at all. The other one didn't seem too complex to me, but I didn't really look at it all that close. I just saw the Jason Lamone and was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> we all knew that wasn't going to happen. No, disagree. Okay, what's your disagree. point of view? I just, why would they even present it as an option if they didn't think they were going to be able to try and execute it? And also, your money. I know. Well, and that's what sucks is those were two of my favorites, especially Jason Lamone's. By far my favorite of the bunch. It was the one I was most excited about. You remember, Gary? Like, that was the one we were talking about the most. The Jason Lamone was everyone mentioned they wanted Jason's. And Dolly's was excellent, too. That was one of the reasons I even backed it was because of that one. (laughs) Just because I want to see him pull it off. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. If they've made, they got so much money from this campaign, blew out of the water. They obviously have funds, so it's not a matter of money. They could pay whatever extra cost it is to pad print the, the heck out of it. No, it's unproducible or, as it was. It's not. It's just not even that? a matter of that. Yeah, I have to agree with you, George. I mean, just it just did not seem possible. Even if they did try to pull it off and they got close, I don't think it would have met our expectations at all. So canceling it, I completely understand it. And I applaud them for being transparent with us and admitting to doing so. But, you know, a lot of designers just do not know how to design for toys. Jason Lamone is not a toy designer. He's a painter. He does very detailed work. So his work translating to toys is not very easy to pull off. And, um, you know, it's a different process. However, I do think the design could potentially be done like on an 8-inch. I don't know about the 3, but an 8-inch potentially. I mean, I have seen designs that I did not think could be pulled off, like a 64 Colors or more recently. Are you guys familiar with um, MP Gotharon? She's like a customizer. She does... Yeah, um, with all the circles. Yeah, like a very kaleidoscopy type pattern, a lot of circles and swirls. Well, recently she did an artist uh, edition series for... Cronius. It's a figure produced by Martian Toys, and that turned out pretty good. I mean, it's it's not perfect, but it's for what she does, it's really well done. Very impressive. I don't know. I get it. I totally get it because they also put out, or if anyone backed them, they got a really nice lengthy explanation. Like they really went into detail about the background and everything. So I get it. It's just I was bummed. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. I I I, I done. <laughs> all right moving on maybe george needs to time on his end so that he can hit the buzzer yeah oh yeah i could do that i agree how about you how about you time it george all right i'm gonna get the timer out hold on okay all right you could start the next question oh okay so the next topic is oh the money so the money the diy figure coming out from uh, kid robot that is seeing a newly revamped packaging style So if you follow Kid Robot on Instagram, I'm sure you've already seen images of it. Otherwise, they actually, by the time you're listening to this, the product has been released with the new packaging last Friday. So what do you guys think? Do you guys like it? Yay or nay? Ugh, that sounds really negative, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that as a nay then. I don't like 
you know, I get it. Like, they're trying to maybe make it, like, fancy and more upscale. But I think it's just a waste of packaging and plastic. Like, the whole point of a DIY toy is to customize the toy, not to get pretty packaging. I think people buy it because they just want the thing to work on. I don't know. I just think it's unnecessary. It's a big box, too, right? It's huge. Yeah, the previous ones came in a real compact box and real colorful, and this one just seems like it's just kind of like a lot of wasted space surrounding it. Not, yeah, and it maybe cost even more to ship. I don't know. I, I get there. It seems like they're trying to go for a more upscale feel. It just seems unnecessary. I don't know. What do you think, George? I mean, it makes it look classier, but I, it's a blank figure. Like, why does it need a right. fancy box? Like, who cares? Exactly. But maybe, like, maybe it's like this is more like a museum type packaging. So maybe it's for like putting it into like a higher, higher class kind of trying to get it into like stand out from all the other like Crayola versions and all that kind of stuff. Like the, there's a whole bunch of minis out there now. So like maybe this is trying to make it stand above those. I can see that. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe on the flip side, maybe they're thinking customizers could reuse it as the package to present or reship it in. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm not excited about it. I mean, having the window aspect of it is pretty cool. Maybe be able to reuse it for customs is neat, but at the same time, the packaging as a whole, it's just very sterile to me. I mean, for something that's supposed to be an art toy, I feel like the packaging itself is kind of lacking inspiring creativity it's just yeah it's classier looking but at the same time i feel like it's something that people would just glance over on a shelf it's just not poppy or exciting for me it just kind of missed the mark i mean it doesn't really affect me one way or the other because i don't buy blank monies so i guess i don't really care i I just okay like from a customizer perspective they just want the thing to customize and obviously the cheaper the better right they want something that's low cost they can customize it just seems silly. Like, why make it look all fancy? I don't know. It is almost I'm a nice sure. way, like a pop display where they have those, the clear boxes you can buy. So maybe you can, like, put your custom back in it and it protects it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a nightmare for retailers to, say, to try to have to ship that and keep that in pristine condition. Right? And also, the window, only half the money is showing. The rest is still covered by packaging. So it's not like a good display case. Yeah. And it, also, when I was reading the write-up for it, it was saying that the money was first released in t- 2012. And that's not right. That's only six years ago. The money's been around for a long time. I think it came out around 2008 or something. That's it. What? <laughs> oh, my All gosh. Right. Is that your sound? That's the timer. <laughs> sound like a cat. It's the guy from the TV show Cloud Nine that's always like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move it on. So it's been mentioned on our group that uh, over the past 112 episodes, we've only mentioned Course once. Now, I don't think that's entirely true. Um, I think we've mentioned a few other pieces and some leaks and sneak peeks and stuff like that. But uh, how do you guys feel about Course? I mean, they, you know, I guess in general, how do you feel about Course? I like them. I think they're great. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> no, they're really – I mean – Course is a great company and they do a lot of high end pieces. They've always been known for really quality work. You know, when you get a course piece, I remember getting my first course piece. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so clean. Is this actually a production toy? Um, it seems like they're getting into a lot more. They, they've very right. They have small scale stuff, 
as of late, they've been releasing a lot of large-scale pieces, and they're fantastic pieces of art. They're a bit out of reach for me price-wise and space-wise, so I don't really get into that kind of stuff. But I like them. I mean, I've always did course. Maybe we should talk about it more. I, I feel like we talk about them, but maybe we could be better. I don't know. George? Um, for the most part, I usually like a lot of the course stuff. Um you sent over this picture of one that is not really one that I would ever buy, but uh, it's the oh, yeah. If You Show Me Yours edition. <laughs> of three. Um, there's, there's only three of those made, so not many people are going to own that. But. I mean, maybe that's why we don't talk about them a lot. Maybe we, they're making such limited things, but I don't know. I, I have one course piece in my collection. It's an 18 inch. I think it was a Vans crossover with the, it's like a skateboard guy, like no shirt, oh, yeah. all bloodied up and everything. Um, and I love that piece. It stands proudly in our dining room and I, you know, it's on the shelf. I think it's fantastic, but I don't really buy a lot of that stuff. Like there's not, there's not too many of them that really strike me. It's, it's like Colas. Like I love the work and I love the, I love the sculpting and the design behind it, but I don't really buy a lot of it. It doesn't really fit with what I collect. Same thing with course. Like I love the sculpting. I love the design, but it doesn't really fit with what I collect. I'm I'm very in line with that, George. There's I tend to like the smaller stuff because it's more cute, but a lot of their pieces just aren't fully my aesthetic. But they're still fantastic pieces of art. And that one that I did show you, yes. So the if you show me yours, it's literally two dudes like looking at each other's underwear. It's it's absurd. I'm sorry, it's absurd. It's hilarious. Like I don't know why someone would want that, but if you do, like I love you for it. I'm your childhood. That's why. Yeah, most of the pieces to me, like, I think the reason I don't talk about because I haven't seen many of them. I've seen the Omen, and I've seen the stuff that's really mainstreamish. but as far as this kind of stuff that's very expensive, very high-end, their stuff sells out. Mainly, you have to go to an art exhibition to see a lot of their stuff, and I just have not seen enough of their stuff in person to really be able to talk about it. But I know from their reputation, they are known for, like, flawless, impeccable quality. I mean, I've heard they personally white glove and oversee every detail of every piece, and I've heard their packaging presentation is, like, an art form of itself. But as far as collecting it, it's just, I own some of the, you know, the mainstream stuff, but the, their pieces tend to be, I love the design, but it tends to be a little, like, hardened and a little more callous than I would probably prefer for my personal collection, but I appreciate the narrative and the design, and they are phenomenal. Yeah. It... Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sorry, that's the timer on that one. All right, moving oh, on. The timer sound is is bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it will fix. I'll figure out something over time. But for right now, we gotta move on. And next up is the Adopt a Colonel Bear, produced by KFC. That's right, Kentucky Fried Chicken. They have this campaign going out now. It's a promotional campaign to adopt a Colonel Bear. And what it is, you know, those little bottles you buy of honey, and it's shaped like a bear. Well, this toy looks just like that, but it's skinned as. Colonel Sanders, and it's actually pretty cool. It comes with a pull string, so it, it talks and says a bunch of different sayings, and they're giving this thing away in a campaign. All you have to do is go to a, a link and provide your email address, and that enters you in a chance to win the, the toy for free. So if that's something you're interested in, we will provide the link in our show notes. But, Teresa George, have you seen it, and, and what do you think? Uh, I mean, I saw it when you posted when you guys were talking about it in the stomping ground. Um, I just happened to go there today and look and it was the, talking about the link. So I immediately went to the page to check it out and I signed up. I signed up immediately. Like that thing would be amazing to have on my shelf. 
it's a mix of the kernel and a honey bear. Like I'm in. <laughs> I'm in too. I love ad icons and mascot, you know, marketing mascots, all that sort of stuff. And it's highly collectible. I mean, there's going to be tons of people going after this thing. So it's definitely going to be a, a, you know, contest where it's probably going to be, most of us will probably not receive a winning email for it, but I think it's cool. It's kind of weird that we're talking about it on the show, but someone on the stomping ground mentioned, hey, you know, what do you guys think of it? And I think it's pretty cool. And I think it looks really nice. And it's it's got a pull string. It's like it's a full-on toy. It's not just like it's not some resin thing somebody made or anything. It's a full-on production toy. Yeah. And I bet some people think that Scott Wynn designed it too. I mean, coming out so recently next to his Honey Dunny that he recently uh, released. Oh, that's He's not, but I'm sure someone out there thought it. Do you know he's not? Actually, I don't know that for 100% certain. <laughs> but I, I would doubt he is. They would have they would have included his name on that if he had a, a part in that. Right? Yeah, they would have said something. But I think it's cute. I want one. I'm, I'm freaking in Kentucky. Of course I want a KFC-themed toy. But it's adorable. I'm all I'm all for ad icons. KFC's great. They talk, they've been doing this kind of stuff for forever with their like chicken sunscreen and like some weird chicken sunscreen. Yeah, they, I think they did. They did a chicken scented sunscreen. I'm pretty sure they did. Do not quote me on that. Yeah, they've been doing like all this stuff for the longest time, and it's it's great. We're talking about it. People are talking about it, keeping KFC in their mind. But I'm I I entered. I hope I can get one. It's cute. And I think we need, I don't know, do you all feel like we have, I don't feel like we cover ad icons a ton. Or or do you all consider stuff like Mickey an ad icon? I don't consider that an ad icon. Ad icon is like actual mascots, Ad, ad right? icon's more like the Sunbum Gorilla vinyl that was made, stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, Ron English has tons of them with the Kellogg's and Fruit Loops and all that, all the cereal mascots he does. So it's definitely prevalent in our scene. Yeah, we have some, but we can wonder- use more. I wonder if Big Shot Toy Works had anything to do with this because they do a lot of that kind of stuff. They do, they do stuff for a lot of those different ad agencies and stuff like that. I feel like if they did, Klim is really good about letting you know about what they worked on the second any news has been made mention of it, and I haven't seen him say anything. But I would not be surprised if he had a hand it in some yeah, sort of way. Yeah, he does a lot of that stuff. Okay, I just research. I'm looking at the Big Shot Toy Works website, and they've done a lot of really cool stuff. Well, timer. Oh, good. I, I don't think I could have talked about KFC for much longer, so three minutes was perfect on that. So let's move on. The next topic is Decon Dunny Series. This is something that has been mentioned on the show, something people have been looking forward to. George, you actually were project manager on this, and finally we get to see some, I guess, paint samples of them. We saw five paint samples revealed uh, a week or two ago, and the five designs were by Ragnar, Scott Tolleson, Crayola, John Paul Kaiser and Chet Czar. So many more designs to be seen. But for now, what'd you think of those five, Teresa? Yay or nay? And it was actually, I don't know if they've published anything better, but it was like a watermarked. <laughs> you would think they could have contacted Kid Robot and got a non watermarked image. I mean, that was obviously an image that was sent to wholesalers God knows how many months ago. Believe me, I gave Ben a bunch of crap for it. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I think it shows that it's going to be a really diverse series. Um, the one that obviously appeals to me, which probably isn't shocking, is the DesignerCon mascot version of Vincent. Um, that one's by far the cutest, and I love the shape of the head. Um, I also really like the orca. And who is that Crayola's, Gary? George, ask George. I think yeah, it is. George? But... 
the yes, orca? Yes, it's real. It's, it's based okay. on his, uh, it's part of his Stare Monster series. Okay. But that, that one's like a, the orca head with the tail coming around. That one's really cool, too. So those are probably my two favorites of the five revealed. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited. I, it just I, I'm it shows me that it's going to be a really mixed series, which I think is good. Um, there's a few that I like, so I'm hoping I'll see a few more that I like. And I, I know guarantee there's at least two more you're going to love. Okay, good. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm always excited for this stuff. I can't wait to see more. And I, I feel like it got a lot of good feedback. Like, the scene was really into the artists they saw. I think Chet Zar is never had a dunny before. Or Ragnar. Or Ragnar. So, I'm sorry. I, I feel bad. These are artists I'm not very familiar with. So, um, but, yeah, I don't know. Gary, what do you think? Because this is George Theory. I, I, I think it looks great. I, I love the, You guys know I love mixed artist series over single artist series. So that fact alone, I love it. I love that it doesn't seem to be a theme series. It seems like the artists, from what I can tell, just might be doing what they're known for, like staple characters or staple designs and their style. Like they're not being forced into a, to work within a theme setting. So it seems like we're going to get exactly what the artists are wanting us to get. So that I'm excited about. And I, you're right. I love the... Uh, Decon mascot Vinny too. I think it's adorable, and I like that square head on it. And I love all the other designs too. Ragnar's is great. Great to finally see him get a dunny. Chet Zars looks fantastic. A lot of people are excited about that. Croyolos looks amazing. I mean, it's a good, strong series so far, and this is exactly what you look for in a multi-artist series. Something that hits a wide range of different collectors. There's something for everybody in this series, and the designs are truly fantastic. So congratulations to Ben for curating it. it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, one other thing I'll say, I really like that there's sculpting involved where where needed. Like the like the orca, imagine that not having been sculpted. Or like the Chetzar. Chetzar's is the one with the hat, the top hat, right? George. Yeah, the top hat and the gas mask. Yeah. So like, yeah. Just, yeah, just those details obviously fit with that artist's style. So well, I think timer. Next. Anyway, I think it's really smart. George, you didn't get to comment though. Yeah, and I got Did you like to the too. So <laughs> That's it. We don't get any more time for, for that. S- for special circumstances, we'll yeah. make three. Come on, George. <laughs> Come on. You get extended time. Two well, minutes. Two you minutes. Didn't, you didn't even mention that the uh, the whole lineup of artists was was listed too. Oh, it is. You know what? I forgot about that. If you look at if you look at the thing, they tagged every artist in the series. So if you want to know who's in it, the whole list is there now. And I don't know if anyone even noticed that. Oh my gosh. Flat Bonnie? <laughs> That's one of the ones I was like, I know you're going to love it. What is hers going to look like? Oh, oh, and the Beast is back. Mm, mm. I did not know. <laughs> uh, but I love Beast is back, too. Chris Lee, he's one of my favorite designers. So he did two awesome designs in the last Dunny series, the City Cryptid series. So yeah. um, I totally expect to love whatever is going to be in the uh, Decon series. And Paul Frank. Yeah, he's great too. That's gonna be cute. I bet it's gonna be Julius. Paul Ooh. Frank. How did I not notice this? You're right. The people just people are so visual, George. Yeah, you know, I don't think anybody even read. No one like because anywhere I was looking for like comments and stuff, no one was even mentioning the fact that the entire artist list was mentioned. Well, read it off. Let's hear them. Oh, I don't Real have quick. it. Oh, here Seriously. I got it. Okay. Uh, their Instagram name. So sorry. Uh, but it's Scott Tolleson, Paul Frank, Ragnar, The Beast is Back. Chris Lee. Which, what's, Chris Lee, thank you. Flat Bonnie, Crayola, Kano, J.R.O. Monkey. That's Jerome, that, Hyperactive Monkey. 
Okay. Uh, John Paul Kaiser. Depp. Am I saying that right? Def. Def and Chet Zar. There you go. It's a strong lineup. I like it. Good mix. So, yeah, George, do we know when we'll finally see the rest? Do we know? Uh, no, but I'm sure, like, what we're getting into October. I'm sure Ben's going to start putting them out. Like, he doesn't have good images of all of them yet. So as soon as he gets the images that he's allowed to use, I'm sure he'll start putting, uh, like, one a week or something like that. I have a question that maybe you can answer this, maybe you can't, but is this going to be strictly a designer con release or are we going to be able to get them at retailers after designer con? Uh, I believe, and I can't remember, I think Ben said it on a toy geeks, but he said that it's, um, I think it's for sale first at designer con and, it, and it's by, it's being sold at the kid robot booth at designer con. Um, and then if there's any left, then retailers can buy them. Oh, so, okay. So, okay. so it's only like, it depends on how many sell at Decon. Okay, cool. Let's move on. All right, we, have, we got our one uh, overage. Now we're back <laughs> on track. <laughs> back on track. All right, so earlier this week I was driving around Phoenix and I came across a store called Toy Anxiety. And I thought that was a great name for a podcast or just a great name for a, a screen name for someone. But then also made me realize like, what gives people's toy anxiety? So, Teresa, like, what gives you toy anxiety? Whew. Probably the main thing is, like, buying decisions. We've talked about it, I think. Maybe we haven't on the show. But so many things pop up all the time. And sometimes they're unexpected releases. And you have that panic moment where you may have seen pictures, you may have not. And you see it and you go, oh, gosh, do I buy this or do I wait? And... Sometimes you buy because there's this desire, like you fear it's going to sell out, and you but you might regret it later because you bought it so quickly. But sometimes you think, well, I'll hold it off. I'll wait to see more photos because there's just stock right now. I want to see in hand photos from collectors. But sometimes waiting could mean you miss out. It's like a constant battle of emotion. Do you buy or do you not buy? It's a problem. <laughs> Am I alone in this? No, no, you're not. I mean, you're way more into it than I am. Like, I don't get much online anxiety anymore. I kind of actually lowered my expectations. I almost expect to never be able to obtain anything anymore. But when I get anxiety, it's usually at conventions. That first hour of a convention where you really need to have your list of priorities set. Which toys and booze are going to be the most popular? Where are the lines going to be? How many of so-and-so toys are they going to have? Is it going to sell out before I get there? That's usually where I'm a little more, my heart's racing a little bit. I'm a little more concerned about not getting something. Convention anxiety is very, very real. Oh, heck yeah, it is. That first hour of convention, like all the collectors' eyes are like bug-eyed and everyone's on edge a little bit. The tension's high. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, George? What's your toy anxiety moment? All right. So, yeah, I think my for mine, it would be um, like when a release date is announced for for something like that's the worst for me. Like when it's like, OK, it's going to be out at this time on this day. And it's like, all right, what time is that for me where I am? Because depending on what yeah. they announce it for. And then it's like, OK, how hot is this toy? How soon do I have to be there at the time? Like just recently, I keep I kept trying to get one of the do you know, uh, BIM toy, the tiny ghost? Yeah. Yes. Did you try uh, for them? Yeah, by Reese O'Brien. I had no, like, they were going to do this one a couple months ago that was like a candy corn type one. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll get a candy corn one. I, you know, like I saw it online. I was like, yeah, I'll get it. So I went to the thing at the release time and I put it in my car. And before I even checked out, it was gone. <laughs> You'll never get one. <laughs> I had no idea that they even had this following. 
Like this is what I'm talking about, George. Yeah, you'll never get one. No, it's, that's it's a very cute design. The the tiny ghost is designed by Reese O'Brien. He's one of the senior designers at Funko. Um, it's a great design, but unfortunately, like it's also collected by a lot of the Funko Pop collectors, and we all know. In a Funko Pop shop, a lot of the bots get the orders and they sell out within minutes. Well, they're also the bots are also deployed with Tiny Ghost, so it's kind of like a flipper bait toy where it just sells out in minutes. It not even and minutes, not, dude. Second, not even minutes. Like, second. Like second, and we're talking runs of three hundred. Yeah, and it was just the other day. Uh, I don't care. Okay. We're gonna keep talking. Keep going. Just the other day. <laughs> nope, can't. That was it. No, screw this timer. Keep talking. I want to hear your story. <laughs> I can't. It's time. Let's go. Move on. Next topic. I don't like this new format. Unacceptable. <laughs> I have more things to say, and so does George. <laughs> okay. We need a little bit of a release for, for Teresa. So, toygasms. This is when you actually squeal when you see an image of something, or it makes you so excited you have a toygasm. Teresa, when was the last time you had a toygasm? I don't know, yesterday? <laughs> Tonight? An hour ago? They're very frequent. <laughs> sounds so dirty. I don't mean for it to sound dirty, but that's just the you know the the term we coined for when you squeal over. You get so excited over toys. So what was the last thing you got excited about? Probably the most the most recent I could think of is uh God, I hate saying her name because it sounds like I'm saying boobies. But it's Booby Al Young. Young. Yeah. Oh God, I hate saying her name. I'm so sorry. But um, the creator of Treason, she posted these photos of Baby Treason, and I didn't even read anything. I just went, oh, Baby Treason. And then I dug into more. It's actually a Chinese checker set, so it's freaking expensive and huge, and maybe not for me. But I still squeed because it's Baby Treasons, and I haven't seen those one forever. And there's some being made. Mm-hmm. So that was probably my most recent one. I knew you were gonna say that one. George, do you still get, like, really excited about toys? I mean, I know not on Teresa's level, but do you ever get, like, super excited when you see a, a leak or something? Uh, I don't think the way you're... you're... Do you ever get... Ex- like, did when you saw the Tiny Ghost initial reveal, or, t- did, like, did any of them make you squee with I mean, the, the light? The I saw a Tiny Ghost, I was, like, thought it was cute and wanted to buy one, but now I'm completely never going to have one, so now I don't care about it. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'll still try every time. No. Um, nope. <laughs> You know what I did? I saw the other day I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw one of the new, um, what are those, uh, what's that line called with the, they're like, they look like food fighters from the olden days, but they're, it's the new stuff and they have minis with them. Man, I can't remember the name of that line. Um, you could buy them at Target. Oh, I don't know what you're talking I'm no about. Good at, I'm no good at names. But anyway, I saw the new, there was a new character that's not on the package that somebody found somewhere. But he's not, he's he's in the new set, but he's not in the package. And I was like, "What?" Like that one got me excited, so I, I immediately have to go and hunt for it. Hmm. He's yes. like a toilet monster. <laughs> you get excited for yeah. toilet monsters. Sounds but I like, like squee about it or anything. <laughs> well, you don't ever. I mean, it's not like a squee per se, like squee. But like, you don't ever literally like gasp at your phone sometimes what about when uh, the four host horsemen like post a new something that's coming out do you get excited like over something like that or just kind of just like a a general reaction well i mean i i'm excited and i like the thing but i don't like squee sorry <laughs> no squeeze for me ah, george sometimes i have um premature squeeze <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, I'll see a toy and I'll go, 
oh my gosh, because it's just exciting. And then I like later on, I'm like, oh, maybe not. Like, oh, maybe so you like never, you, so you never climaxed. <laughs> That's All tough. Right. Dirty. Yeah, this is this has gone dark. But yes, technically. <laughs> Te- but yes, technically, we should move on. And, you know, I went reverse real quick, though, because you mentioned something there. I, I kind of sparked a, a thing I want to talk on. You mentioned the, the Chinese checker set that Booby Young's doing. And, you know, those checker sets and chess sets, I know recently, a couple of years back, Otto Bjornik, he's a Filipino designer, he designed uh, the Shamet chess set for Kid Robot. And it was amazing. It was gorgeous. And I wanted it, but it was just too much of a purchase. And I think it was very expensive. And, it's, and I don't have anywhere to display. I don't have like an open table where I could just place a chess set and it just sits there and displays. Like, so something like a chess set and a, and a Chinese checkers or checker set where so many pieces and it's actually like a functional art piece where it has to be displayed how it's meant to be, like to be played as a game or to be displayed as a game. Like, is that interest you guys or is that just too much of an investment? Because it's a big purchase. You're buying, you know, 20, 30 figures plus the, the play mat. And it's, um, it's a big investment. You need to have the space to display it. So also if you don't want to buy the full thing and Teresa, I imagine you're in case with this trees in one where you don't want to spend 200 bucks on the full set, but you want it. Would you ever piecework it, contact four or five other collectors and, divide up the set so it's not actually set but each of you get five figures from the set yeah see it comes with 30 baby treasons in various colors with various facial expressions so they're super cute and i think it was 220 for the set plus shipping when i asked it about pricing and it comes with like a cloth mat to play on but it's obviously large it's not like a traditional chinese checker set where there's teeny tiny pieces they're definitely it's a larger scale yeah. but yeah I, I don't know. I like the idea of it for sure, but the cost and just the size, I'm with you. I just can't justify it. I like the idea of maybe finding other collectors to split the set with. That just sounds like a lot of work. Like to have to kind of curate and pull all these people together and then ship to one person and figure out who's going to get what piece, what's expression and all that kind yeah. of stuff. I just don't know if it's worth it, but I, I don't know. I dig the idea. Like I like the concept of it. But that's I don't know, it's, it's a great concept, but yeah. how well does something like that sell because of the difficulty of having to display it and all the upfront cost of it? Like, George, how, what do you think about someone doing an entire chess set of toys? I mean, I think a chess set's always cool. Like, I, I've always liked a... I've always liked a chess, like a nice sculpted chess set, but I think every sculptor at some point in their life wants to make a chess set. It's just some... It's like a... It's just something that everybody wants to do. I don't, I don't know why. Um, but I don't know. I, I like the idea of it, but I don't know. I mean, I guess if it's a full big figure, trying to make people buy that many pieces is a little crazy. If you make it small and make it a chess set size, then it's different. But are they? Yeah. I, I don't know what the treasons look like. Are they big pieces? And they're, they're just... You know, they're, they're probably like, two, three-inch like, pieces. Yeah, yeah they're large. I think just like the Dunny set. I mean, the Dunny set is also really big and it's also really expensive. I feel like it was like 500, 600 bucks. I mean, it was a lot of money. And I don't know if there's a way to store it. I, I, I don't know. I, I like the idea, but I, I think I'm with you, George. Maybe small scale, like miniaturized version of it. I don't know. Cause I've even, we've talked about like a deck of cards, Gary, but again, are people yeah, but- into that or just people want toys, you know? But a deck of cards makes more sense. It's small and compact. You just throw it in a drawer and you pull it out. But something like a chess set, 
that takes up way more space than I think most collectors have space for. I think it's a fabulous and amazing, great idea, and I love seeing them, but it's not something I would ever purchase. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. It's just, it's too much to collect or too much to force someone to buy, so. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Oh, we hit the timer, too. That was it right there. Nice. Oh, next. <laughs> All right, so New York Comic Con is coming up, and since Five Points has come to the forefront of designer toy conventions, New York Comic Con just seems like it's kind of gone the way of um, San Diego Comic Con. It doesn't seem like uh, it's really much of a destination event for our scene anymore. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's uh, a relevant convention for our toy scene? No. (laughs) Okay, that, that settles it. Let's move on. (laughs) <laughs> that's it you're just gonna say no i mean um, no it's it's i think it's a comic-con it's it's yes there's gonna be some designer toy presence there i know my plastic heart and martian toys martian toys is working on that huge custom show of those jermaine roger pieces and it looks like it's gonna be awesome it makes sense for them to go they're both right there um but beyond that no i think it's i think it's very similar to san diego where there will be a bit of a presence but it's not gonna be like five points or decon. No, I think you're starting to already see artists and companies. I think now it feels very local. You'll see My Plastic Heart and Tenacious Toys and the people who are local to New York or within driving distance exhibiting there. But now that the Designer Toy Awards is no longer held on the weekend of New York Comic Con anymore, it's not something that a lot of the out-of-state designers are flying in for anymore. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I really don't see it being... Uh, the convention to really gear up for as a collector and, you know, buy the plane tickets for. I think it's stateside. It's, it's designer con and five points. I would, be, I would be interested to know, like, from a retailer aspect, like a My Plastic Part or a, a Tenacious Toys, like, how the two conventions compare sales-wise. You I would be have, curious. Uh, you should have Dove on when he gets back. Because the DK Toys is going to be there. So oh, maybe okay. have them on when he gets back and ask him the difference between like New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, and Designer Con. Not a bad okay. idea. It would be interesting to hear it from that. I think that people will still. It's already. I don't know if it's as hard to get into as San Diego is. So maybe like it's still feasible to attend. Like I, don't, I have no idea. I don't. I it's still been feasible. It's, it's, I mean, I haven't gone in probably four years, but it's definitely easier to get into. It's, it seems much more organized, but one of the things I know also is it used to be that the, the um, right up front was the designer toy cult yard. I think that's what it was called. I don't, I'm not sure on that, but that was all right up front. Like you can go there first. And now they've kind of taken the designer toy section and moved it into the back corner where I think the loading dock area is. Oh, really? Kind of like what Comic-Con did? Exactly like what Comic-Con did. I haven't been since they have moved it, but I've heard stories from people saying, yeah, it's moved, and you got to get past all the big giant license boos and the mecha boos before you can finally get to the independent section. Oh, that's sad. So they're just pushing it to the back like everybody else. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, that's the reason to start not going is when it starts to become, you know, when it starts to become that kind of a thing where you just get pushed to the back and relegated to the crappy area and treated like crap and just don't bother going anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just probably going to end up becoming like a SDCC where a lot of the collectors just don't venture out for it anymore. 
I mean, that'll be the true test is seeing if anybody, if the collectors still come. So that, ah. All right, moving on. Timer. Since we began that, we began the show in March 2016, and one of the listeners wants to know how we think the sh- uh, the scene has changed in the last two and a half years. Has it gotten better, worse, or is it about the same? See, I don't know if I'm just naive or whatever, but like I never really felt as a collector. I don't know. I never really felt that the scene was down, like doing bad. Like I don't know. I was just buying, like. I was just doing what I did. Like, I found stuff. I like to buy it. Like, I just never really, I guess, felt that. So I don't really have that comparison. But I do feel like one thing that's maybe changed is I definitely feel like there's more, like, Asian influence over here. Like, where a lot more of that stuff is able to be purchased. And I feel like a lot of us in the U.S. are collecting more of what's being made over there. Um, so that, to me, I think is probably one of the, the changes I've seen. Yeah. George? Yeah, I feel like it's actually been kind of growing again, where it seems like uh, more more toys are coming out. Um, a lot more people are making stuff. I mean, even even if it's just, you know, handmade stuff, I think there's there just seems to be a lot more and more of it, um, which is good, right? I mean, yeah. I, no, I well, that's a, good, that's a good point. There is, I think, more independent artist creations like i feel like that's kind of built up over time of people being able to do their own like produce on their own and resin or what have you out of their house versus having to go to a factory to produce so i feel like maybe i don't know i i have a really bad like concept of time so i don't know maybe that was going on back (laughs) two and a half years ago but it seems like that's a pretty common thing these days right yeah, I mean, Maybe. I think it was. I think it was going on, and but I think that there seems to be like more people every day finding it and realizing they can do it too. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think, I mean, attendance seems to go up every year for Designer Con, and and you said Five Points was busier the second year, right? Like. Yeah. No, definitely. So yeah, I think I think that's a good sign of it. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think it's a good sign, too, because, you know, being doing this the past two and a half years from the podcast perspective, I've seen, yeah, it's 100% has gotten better. I think it's definitely a stronger scene today than it was two and a half years ago. And I think largely part has to do with the, the strength of what's going on over in Asia and the resurgence and the popularity over there. You know, imports are very you know, strong with the collectors today. And I think one of the biggest changes we have in the past two and a half years is really how tough it's been on the retailers being there's so many independent producers now. A lot of these toys just don't make it to the stores for them to sell as much anymore. Everyone's kind of selling it themselves. So in that regard, it's gotten difficult. But yeah, I mean, look at what's going on over overseas. So many new companies, so many new artists, Lots of sellouts. Seems like there's a convention every weekend. And Stateside, we're doing do good, good too. A lot of the producers in the state are doing really well. So, yeah, it's gotten better. And? Uh, <laughs> under the wire. You know what? This this timer thing that we're doing, it's stressful. I'm exhausted. Like this, only 40 minutes or so, but I feel like exhausted. Let's wrap this up. Done. That's it. Well, do you want to end it with George rant time? George, do you have anything you want to rant about for three minutes straight? No, I don't. Uh, everybody always wants me to rant about something. I'm not. I don't have anything to rant about. Everyone's like George. We just want to hear George. We want two minutes of hate. We want George's two minutes of 
Real talk. If you ever watched Toy Break back in the day, two minutes of hate was Matt's segment, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> you're going way back. I don't think most people even know who you're talking about. No, probably not. But it was, uh, it's go back and watch. It's still up online somewhere, I think. Yeah. Well, I do want to develop some more new segments for the show. We're getting a little stale. Unfiltered? That could be a fun Oh, question. yeah, that sounds great. You know, actually, speaking of that, yeah, I would like to become more unfiltered. There, I, I generally do try to speak my mind, but there are definitely cases, depending on who or what we're talking about, where I kind of dial it back a little bit. and um, Because, yeah, I, I sometimes tippy-toe around things, or I'm afraid to hurt someone's feelings or, or burn a bridge. But you know what? I would like to be kind of not worry about that so much anymore. Just kind of speak my mind. Because we're, we're a talk show. I would like to be able to just say what's on my mind. And chances are, if it's something that I'm thinking of, it's probably something other people are thinking about, too. You know? So... I'm going to try to be better about that. Yeah. Let's let loose, Gary. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm i just, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I filter a bit just because I don't want to be all negative. But, I mean, I do have opinions just like everyone else, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as far as, like, more stuff, I would love to hear from the listeners. Like, this doing this new format, this new three-minute format, we're going to need a lot more stuff to talk about. So let us know what you want to hear from. Or if you have any new, like, topic ideas, that would be cool to hear from you, too. You want more segments, right? Like, not necessarily topics, right? Or do not you want topics, topics, but something that we can sink our teeth into? Something that, like, like that last question. Well, how has the toy scene changed in the last two and a half years? I mean, that was a great question. Like, more of that type stuff rather than just having us talk about, you know, a new yeah. toy release of the week. We can talk about toy releases of the week, and maybe that's a segment where we do yay or nay, or I know the behind the counter kind of already does something like that with their, their shelf worthy, but maybe we can do something like that too. Yeah. I think I get what you're saying. You want something where we can discuss an opinion yeah. on like a really anything with this new format. We just need a lot more stuff to talk about in the, sh- in the shorter period of time. So we're going to need a little help in that area. So if you have an idea for a fun segment, let us know if you have an idea for what you think could be a fun little round table discussion for us to talk on and let us know on that too. So well, we definitely appreciate any help that you guys can help us with. So, um, Oh, speaking of needing help, we need, we need help with uh, some art for promotional images if you guys are up to it. So any artists or designers out there, if you feel like doing a promotional image, and we'll give you full credit, uh, just submit the artwork to marshamtoyhour at gmail.com. It could be a caricature of one of us or all of us. It could be your version of the Marsham Alien, really whatever you want. We actually had a submission a couple weeks ago by Teen Ink Studios, and we used it for their promotional images. You can go check that out. And uh, We enjoy getting stuff like that, and we'll definitely use it in future promotional images. So if that's something you would like, we would love to see it. Otherwise, guys, let's, let's wrap this show up. Teresa, why don't you go first? Uh, sure. If you all want to terrible. find me, text- <laughs> 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 tell us where people can find us. Okay, sure, Gary. Um <laughs> If you all want to check me out, uh, you can find me. Oh, my Sorry, God. Up, Teresa. <laughs> Chaos. All right, you don't get to know where. George. Wait, I got an airplane. I can't do it either. <laughs> all right, fine. If you all want to find me, check me out on Instagram, TMHawk24. George, go. Uh, at Double G Toys on Instagram. <laughs> Gary Ham on Instagram, superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. I guess we're back to doing this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>